Father, hear our prayer as we sing the Psalms today. As we sing Psalm 34, I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will ever be on my lips. I will glory in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Oh, glorify the Lord with me and let us exalt His name together. And so we bless You, Lord. We bless Your name because... You forgive all our sins and you heal all our diseases. You redeem our lives from the pit and crown us with love and compassion because you satisfy our desires with good things so that our youth is renewed like the eagles. Yes, Lord, let all the angels praise you. Let the heavenly host praise you. Let all your works everywhere in your dominion praise you. And yes, Let us praise you, God, because our story is that you have been good to us, and we have tasted and seen that you are good. And so, Lord, we want to take refuge in you today. We run to you like a child running to a parent. We run to you, Lord. Where else could we go? Because you have the words of life. You are everything we need. You alone know all of our needs. So we come to you. We pray that you'll be glorified in our singing, in our praying, in our preaching, our listening, and most especially in our living of these things that we learn today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Please be seated. be another voice to say happy Mother's Day to you and I understand that for some people this is the day of days my mother loved Mother's Day it was uh, the day of days for her and then I know for some people this is a really hard day and so I just want to say with uh, Janelle Williams Paris's wise words let's be gentle with each other on Mother's Day celebrate with women who have happy families Remember the women, men, girls, and boys who are hurt by family. Let's remember the moms who've lost their children. Let's remember the ones who want to be wives and mothers but aren't. Let's, let's be gentle with each other, and especially today, let, and, and every time we gather, let it be to worship Jesus alone and not idealized images of our mothers or ourselves. So on Easter Sunday after I... Um, found some crawfish for family members and a baked potato for me. I went back to the house and watched this movie, Lion. Have you seen the movie, Lion? It's kind of an amazing story about a little boy who's with his brother and somehow gets trapped on a train and he, he travels for several hours in India from his home in western India. He ends up all the way in a big city and he is on the street for a couple days, avoids danger and eventually is placed in a children's home and then a family from Australia comes and gets him and loves him and gives him an amazing loving home and he grows up loved and nurtured but the whole movie, his whole life, he can't forget his mom. He can't forget home. Yeah, me either. You too? 
because moms are unforgettable. A couple weeks ago, I'm reading 116th day of the year, Psalm 116, get to verse 16. It says, I serve you as my mother did before me. My mother, your handservant, served you, Lord, your maidservant, and I serve you as well. So I call mom to get to mom now. She doesn't use a phone anymore, and so uh, in the memory care unit where she is, they have to take a cell phone to her. And they brought her the phone, and I said, Mom, it's Duane. And she said, I knew it was one of you yahoos. <laughs> I was telling my brothers about it later, and I said, she called me a yahoo. And they said, she must be having a really clear day. I mean, she understood who you are. I said, she said, one of you yahoos. We're all Jerry and Nancy's yahoo sons. And somebody said, that could be like a TV reality series. We could grow long beards and move to the Ozarks, and we could just see that happening, but... No movement on that front yet. But as I was talking to mom, I was just reminded that apart from her taking me and my brothers and all of our friends in the station wagon to church, I don't know if I would have ever known the Lord or ever heard his call or been here today preaching to you. So I am really, really grateful for my mom and grateful for the life she lived and the way that she served the Lord with a pure heart fervently. And I was thinking about her story as I read the story of Eve this week. And in some ways, it's not an easy story. It's kind of a painful story. But I want to look at it with you today. We left Adam and Eve in the garden last week. They were uh, naked and unashamed. And then... Something happened in paradise. Would you open your Bibles with me? Genesis chapter 4. And uh, I'm going to read actually some verses from chapter 3, verses 11 to 21, and then chapter 4, the last couple of verses. Just going to look at Eve's story together. At one point, Adam says, this is woman. Remember that last week? She's taken from the man, but he names her again. He names her Eve and says, uh, she, uh, she is the mother of all who are living. Let's stand together for the reading of God's Word. Thank you for reverencing God who speaks to us in His Word. In verse 11, we have this story. In Genesis chapter 3. And God said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, the woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, because you've done this, cursed are you above all the livestock and all the wild animals. You're going to crawl on your belly. You will eat dust all the days of your life and I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. To the woman, he said, I will greatly increase your pains in childbearing. With pain, you will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. To Adam, he said, because you listened to your wife and ate from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat of it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you. You will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground since from it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you will return. And Adam named his wife Eve because she would become the mother of all living. The Lord God 
made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. And then in chapter 4, verses 25 and 26, after they have two sons, Cain and Abel, and Cain kills Abel, and Abel is, is killed, Cain is exiled. And then in verse 27, it says, Adam lay with his wife again, and she gave birth to a son and named him Seth, saying, God has granted me another child in place of Abel since Cain killed him. Seth also had a son, and he named him Enosh. At that time, men began to call on the name of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Please be seated. I know you're thinking, Pastor, didn't you know there's like Proverbs 31, a passage about the wonderful mother? I mean, can't you read that on Mother's Day? Why we got to get into all this on Mother's Day? But as we think together about God's deep commitment to community, it occurred to me that God who created the church for community long before he ever created a church, created the home, gave marriage to a man and a woman, gave them children, and their life story starts out pretty rocky, or we might say pretty dusty. Uh, Things don't go well for them, and We think about Eve's life, and it was not an easy life. Think about this. She is created. She receives the breath of life. Her husband looks at her. He welcomes her. They love each other, and then they eat the fruit, and then they're evicted from the garden. They're homeless. God is a homemaker, and He made a home for them. That's what Genesis 1 and 2. And He made a good home for them. And He put them in that home. And all was well in the home. And then sin comes into the home. And they are out of the home. But the rest of the story of humanity, as far as I can tell, is a story of people trying to get home. And maybe you're like me because I think of all the places I lived when I was growing up and there were just certain things that were there. There was a grandfather clock that my parents bought when we lived in Germany. There was a cuckoo clock. Uh, There were paintings that my brother did, a constant reminder to us that talent is not equally distributed in a family. And there was always mom. Even when dad was in Vietnam, There was mom. And so for me, home was where mom is. And now mom is in a very small room in a home. And we go, I get to go see her this week. I'm going to get to spend some time with her. And we eat waffles together. And and the truth is there was a day when she cut up my waffles. And now I get to return the favor. And just like Eve's life was not an easy life, as I thought about my mom's life, the third of five children. Ten months after she was born, a sister was born with a disability. She had a paper route as long as she could remember. She had three jobs when she was in high school. She was high up in her class, uh, an excellent student, played the violin, eloped on her 18th birthday. Ten months later, had a son. Within the next years, had a number of sons. Lost her mom when she was 27 years old. And lost her father when she was 31. This is my mom's story. And now she's in this little room, in this little place. And 
And when I think about her story, all I can say to you is the dissolution of the marriage of my parents, all of that, she has endured a great deal of pain. But the one consistent stream in her life has been her commitment to Christ and the grace of God manifested in her life. And I wish for every person in this room that your life will be easy. But I'll tell you, after being a pastor for 36 years, it's not. Life is not easy. But God, who created a home for us, is calling us back home to Himself into relationship with Him. God is a, a homemaker. And as Jen Pollock Michelle puts it, beautiful book called Keeping Place. I've had the chance to read it this week. And in that book, she said, God is always drawing us back to Himself. Is that your story? No matter where in this world we roam, God is always calling us home to Himself. And the home God makes is not just in a specific place, but it's in a relationship with Him. And in the home God makes, there is hope. Even in this story, I find hope. I find it in unusual places. I'll show you first. There is in the home that God makes the hope of forgiveness for our failures. I said last week, our failures are not fatal So they sin. We know the story of their sin. They eat the fruit. Everybody passes the buck. Uh, Adam says it's her fault. Where was he? This passive husband who won't step up and lead. His wife, her, her sin, his sin. They end up outside the garden. It has generational impact. In the very next generation, there is fratricide. This is, this is, this is our history. This is our ancestry. I don't know if you've done that 23andMe, but years ago, long time before it was trendy, I did uh, a DNA test, and Melanie said, they're taking your money, and, and maybe they were, I don't know, but you know, they've got the DNA from the father's line, and then they've got the mtDNA, the mitochondrial DNA. So in effect, when they look at DNA, they're looking at your father's 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 father's, father's DNA, and your mother's 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 DNA. And they said that my mother's, 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 mother's DNA is most closely related today to people who live in the Canary Islands off the coast of Spain. I said to my mom, do you know anything about that? She said, nope. I figured we came from Mesopotamia. Adam, Eve, garden, all that. I don't know. I don't know who the first, I don't know who, I don't know who lived in the Canary Islands, my mom said, but before that, we were in Mesopotamia. Way back there we were. And This is our story, and in this story, what we discover is that when they sin, immediately they're aware of it. Chapter 3, verse 7, they're trying to cover up that they were absolutely transparent relationship with each other. You see the consequences, how complicated their relationship becomes. So her desire is for him, literally that word in Hebrew, she wants to take over and he's going to rule over her. And that is a product of the fall. They had all this beauty and equality and all of that is disrupted by sin. And they're just trying to run and hide from the same one who made them and they can't cover up. Paul Turnier tells about a man he met on the streets of Europe years ago and the man was repeating over and over again these words, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. 
And I suspect that that man is not alone. I know moms and dads and, and kids who live with lots of guilt about mistakes they have made. And it's interesting to me that in verse 21, it says God made a covering for them out of skin. What does that mean? Does that mean an animal was sacrificed to cover up for their sin? What is the price that God had to pay for Adam and Eve's sin to be atoned for? Well, we don't know what animal might or might not have been killed, but we do know that years later, God's son was crucified. That's the price for sin. But the good news is there is such a thing as forgiveness. So earlier this week, 130th day of the year, I was reading Psalm 130. And it says, God, if you kept track of sin, who could stand? That's my paraphrase. And then it says, but with you there is forgiveness. Therefore you are feared. We live in the reverence, the fear of the Lord. That's the beginning of wisdom precisely because he's the kind of God who offers forgiveness to us. That's why Karl Barth said, so every morning we may begin, we should begin with the confession, I believe in the forgiveness of of sin and part of the hope of this story is God offering covering for them when they can't cover themselves God offering forgiveness even if they can't forgive themselves and this is translated in the next generation and and I just think about the psalm for today that I read I start with a psalm each day in Psalm 133 and it says how good and pleasant it is when brothers and sisters dwell together in unity this is every mom and dad's dream That our kids will love each other, really love each other, really get along with each other. It's hard to believe when they're little that it'll ever happen. Then when they get older, it happens and you just are, are grateful for that. But I wonder if there is forgiveness in your family. See, in God's family, there's forgiveness. I was just wondering about your family. So like for your mom and your dad, how would they feel about the way you feel about your brothers and sisters? And if you were thinking of good gifts to give, this is better than Hallmark for you to forgive your family member. Why? Because when you forgive, you, you literally the word in, in Greek means, afiemi means to release. You release them. But here's the thing. When you release somebody, guess who gets free? Yeah, they do and you do. Or you can just drink the poison and wait for them to die. But it doesn't usually work. My experience, your experience, doesn't usually work. But if we release them They can be forgiven, and we, because we've been forgiven, can forgive. That's why Paul wrote to the Ephesians in chapter 4, verses 31 and 32, and he said, get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger and brawling and slander, along with every form of malice, and be kind and compassionate to one another. How how should we be kind and compassionate? By forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you in the next verse, and be imitators of God follow the example of the God who forgives God doesn't just forgive us so we can be forgiven God forgives us so that we can forgive and in the home that God the great homemaker makes there is hope for forgiveness in the home that God makes there is also hope for the future it's kind of hard to see it's hard to imagine the grief that Adam and Eve feel, their sons are worshiping. Abel offers God a better sacrifice. 
Cain offers a lesser sacrifice. God doesn't accept Cain's. Cain gets angry. They go out in the field. Cain kills his brother Abel, and Abel's blood calls from the ground. And God hears the sound. And what is the result for for Cain? Further homelessness. Again, he is exiled. He is pushed out farther. So just to be clear, Adam and Eve don't just lose one son that day. They lose both of their sons in a single day. And what's to be made of that? I mean, how is there hope? There's just all of this brokenness in this first family. read this week that uh, at the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York City back in 2002, in a room where there were no people, a statue crumbled and fell. It was a statue of Adam, interestingly. And it was from Venice. And at first they thought there was some vandalism, but they looked on, there's, there was nobody in the room. It crumbled. Adam's statue crumbled under its own weight. It was interesting to read what the curator of the museum said about the statue of Adam. I'll just, I'll read it to you. He said about that statue, it will take a great deal of time and skill, but the peace can be restored. And I heard that and I thought about God working in a family and here's the brokenness of the mom and dad and the brokenness of the sons and can they ever be restored and even in the story of God holding them accountable and giving them consequences I think there's grace for instance they don't go looking for God God goes looking for them God searches for his children and says, where are you and why are you hiding and who told you you were naked? And God begins to speak to them and when they begin to pass the buck, finally God judges the serpent. But listen to what he says. He says, you're gonna eat dust the rest of your life. And not just him, right? So Adam gets to eat dust too. You're gonna work the ground. You were made from the ground. You are dust. You will return to dust. When I get on the tractor this week to spread the sand in the stalls for the incoming cattle, I will get to eat dust. And we say to people now, you bit the dust. You ate that. It's not a good thing, right? That's what happens to the serpent. But he's not just talking about people and snakes. You know, you'll strike his heel. He'll bruise your head. I remember one time we lived in a parsonage and a snake moved into our cupboard and I reached in to grab uh, some canned goods and I heard a rattling sound and withdrew my hand and saw a segment of a snake called my friend Randall Argerbright, put on my boots. I guess I thought I was going to stomp him to death. I don't know. And my friend Randall came and we were goosing each other and we were trying to get the uh, snake out. We got all the, all the canned goods out and there's no snake, but there's a hole that goes down beside a pipe. Melanie said, where's the snake? I said, I think it went away because I didn't want her to go away. And we were newly married. And there's a snake in the house. We go to bed that night. I wake up in the night to get a drink of water, come out into the kitchen, flip on the light. Big snake. All the way across the floor. What did I do? I fulfilled scripture. I grabbed those canned goods and I was trying to crush its head. I was just throwing them, denting the linoleum, trying to get rid of the snake. Did you know snakes can back up? It backed up under the dishwasher. I've always wondered what happened to that snake. But I never told Melanie because I thought she'll move home. It's 40 miles away to her parents. No, that's not what this is talking about. What this is talking about is that the serpent, Satan, that the Satans, Satans will try to bruise the heel of the descendant of Eve. But Eve's descendant, which descendant of Eve's is going to bruise, is going to crush the head of Satan? Who is it? Is it, is it Cain? No, I don't, read his story. I don't think so. Chapter 4, I don't think it's him. 
Abel's gone. He can't do it. So who is it? And then we finally come to verses 25 and 26 of chapter 4. And God gives another son, Seth. And Seth has a son named Enosh. And that's when men and women start praying and calling on... See the hope in this? They start calling on the name of the Lord. And it's not one of Cain's descendants. By the way, they all get wiped out in the flood. But it's one of Seth's descendants through Noah and coming on down and all the way down till we get to the New Testament. And in the lineage of Seth comes a baby named Jesus. And Jesus is the one who on the cross crushes the head of the serpent. So it starts out with the tree in the middle of the garden in Genesis chapter 3.8 and it ends up in Revelation 18 and 21. Uh, it ends up with a tree of life beside the river and the promise of healing for the nations. It's a story, an amazing story of God's redemption that when we were at our worst, even then, God was at his best. And all the while, God was calling us home and to be called home to God. Somehow we connect that picture. So back to the movie that we watched on Easter. Maybe you want to watch it today. I'll try not to ruin it for you. But in this movie, he decides when he's an adult on Google Earth that he can find where he's from. This boy has grown up. He's got a career, got a job, but he's obsessed. He puts all these on a map, all the possible routes that he might have come from. And finally, on a Google Earth picture... He looks at something that looks familiar and thinks, maybe this is where I came from. He found home. And in that story, I mean, it's a powerful story. I was just thinking how that story is really our story. Our whole lives, we're trying to get home. It's, you know, it's why C.S. Lewis and it talks about the, the thawing of the winter. It's why J.R.R. Tolkien talks about the return of the king. And only this week did I realize that both of those writers, two of my favorite writers, lost their mothers when they were young. And they were always looking. Zehnsucht was the German word that C.S. Lewis co-opted. G.K. Chesterton said, it's why sometimes I discovered even while I was at home, I could feel homesick because there is a world, there is a home. God is a homemaker and he wants us to come and live in his home. I was teaching our Thursday morning Bible study early this year and one mom was talking about she was giving her little boy a bath and she said to him after she dried him off, she said, you're getting so big. What am I going to do when you're too big for me to hold? And her little boy looked up her and said, mom, that's when I'm going to hold you. Someday I'm going to hold you. And this is the truth of the gospel Eve had a son named Seth who had a son named Enosh and they prayed and Enosh had a great 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 grandson named Jesus and he's gotten really big. He died on a cross, he rose again and he is really really big and someday like today he wants to hold you. Oh God, our help in ages past. Our hope for years to come. Our shelter from the stormy blast. And our eternal 
home. And Jesus said, how often I would have gathered you as a hen gathers her chicks, but you would not. And today, if we would, if we would, he would gather us to himself so that we might know the love of the God who made us. And he says, is making a home for us in my father's house are many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also, Jesus said, may be where I am. Pray with me. Father, we thank you for the home you have made for us, the beautiful world that we've enjoyed this week and all our lives. But Lord, we confess a sense of homesickness Maybe it's caught up in our love for our moms today. Maybe it's caught up in our wondering of what might have been the imperfection of our own lives. Thank you for the hope of forgiveness. And thank you that in our brokenness you give us the hope of a better future. A future in which you will hold us. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.